It's time now for today's edition of Community Conversations. It's the interview program in which we dialogue with voices from the Omaha community. And here's your host for Community Conversations. Let's welcome Cammie Carlisle. And ladies and gentlemen, we take you to our Community Conversations interview between Cammie Carlisle and Chris Stratman from the Kiewit Luminarium. I'm very excited about being here. Oh, my gosh. So before we get into this interview, Chris was so kind and gave Becca and I a tour last week. Mm -hmm. And I really thought at one point, like, we might get kicked out. We were having so much fun. (laughs) I mean, it was too much fun. So we love it. But I want to share all this goodness with our friends across the state. So tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of are you from Omaha? How did you get here? Yeah, no, I appreciate it. So I am originally actually from the northeast part of the state, a small town called Hardington, Nebraska. Okay, But I moved here when I was young. Uh, into Omaha and I've always called Omaha kind of my hometown and bounced around a little bit but came back to Omaha and am very pleased to do so. So uh, yeah and then been part of the nonprofit sector for quite some time and uh, joined the Luminarium about a year ago. Oh I love it. What a cool place and what a great job. So tell us how did the Luminarium even come to be like I feel like so lucky that Omaha has this. How did we get this place? Yeah, so, I mean, it is. It's a gem. I think our community is very fortunate to have it. Um, and knowing that it's really committed to accessibility is really important to us. Mm-hmm. And so that's accessible to our entire community. Um, yeah, I mean, it started really, it started roughly five years ago. Um, okay. From conception to, you know, opening the doors was actually pretty fast in the grand scheme of things. And that even covered the the COVID period, or we're still in COVID, obviously, but right. kind of the, those key years. Um, but yeah, started back in 2018, uh, a gentleman by the name of Bruce Krukok. Um, it was originally his idea. Um, he is the former CEO and, and current chairman of Kiwit. And so uh, brought that to community leaders. And then five years later, uh, here we are, um, opened our doors in April 15th of uh, this year. Wow. So five years from idea mm-hmm. to actual building. Correct. That's amazing. Is yeah. that fast? That is fast. That is very fast, especially <laughs> when it comes to something. And it's, you know, we were right there on the riverfront and um, we can talk a little bit about it, but the history of that space is quite fascinating um, in terms of now making that such a wonderful, wonderful community space for everyone to enjoy, including uh, the Luminarium, but also the riverfront park system right. as well. So did you all know that the riverfront was going to be rehabbed at this time? Yeah. So my understanding is that, you know, they knew that the riverfront, they were working on this. There's a number of community leaders and, and um, philanthropic uh, individuals that were looking into this, um, but ultimately they wanted something special in that in that space, mm-hmm. specifically in that area. It's the old Rick's Boatyard for those that are in Omaha. That's right. It's kind of the same footprint. It's the Rick's Boatyard Cafe or a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think they, you know, thought about different ideas and, and Bruce brought the idea of this uh, science center or discovery center. And, uh, you know, Omaha, a lot of our sister cities have had the, uh, have equivalent types of facilities. And so, you know, I think Omaha is ready, and it's exciting that it's right that right down uh, down there on the riverfront. So, tell us why it is there on the riverfront. What is the history of that? Yeah. So, what's interesting is it's actually what's called the EPA Superfund site. That's right. And so, which sounds, you know, that's kind of a technical term there, but ultimately, it's a federal designation of a space that's heavily, heavily polluted. And so there used to be the old the Sarco plant, which is a lead smelting plant that was there in Omaha. And ultimately, the pollution around there is quite bad in the yeah. ground. And so there was a lot of uh, remediation efforts that took place to, to mitigate that mm-hmm. or to kind of contain that pollution, right. which made it also very challenging from an engineering perspective to do something different on that space. It's yeah. literally like soil is literally capped there um, oh. in terms of, yeah, and okay. also for preventing it from going into the river. Sure. So it's pretty exciting that they were able to figure this out and really bring open that space up after it's been obviously shut off from the rest of the community. 
opportunity for so long. Um, and knowing now that it's a river, it's a riverfront park system along with the Luminarium and the trail system that connects down there. It's just a very interconnected, wonderful community space. Yeah, it's incredible. As somebody that's been here the majority of my life, I would have never have guessed because yeah. I remember when the Sarco closed and it was just like, don't go down there. Yep. Yuck. You just yeah. drove by it to get to the yeah. airport. Yeah. And now it's like shiny and stunning and so much to do, yeah. whether you're in or outside of exactly. the Luminarium. For sure. So this opened up in April. You guys have this crazy busy? Yeah. So it's been, I mean, I think we feel really fortunate um, in terms of how well it's been received by the public and our community. Um, I think we've had now, as of literally this week, I think it's been almost 130,000 people that have come through the doors. Oh my which goodness. Is, yeah, it's insane even <laughs> just saying that number out loud. But uh, yeah, so we've been very lucky. Um, obviously things now that the school school year is kind of back in session, yeah. things have slowed down during the week and we're really busy on the weekends. Also, you know, we had kind of a second opening, if you will. We opened in April, but the, that second part of the park system, which mm-hmm. uh, we're located, Lewis yeah. and Park Landing. That actually opened up here just a couple, you know, about a month and a half ago. Sure. So uh, that really provided now there's even more people down in that space um, and checking out the Luminarium as well. And just, again, everything that's um, both externally that's available down uh, down in that area. I bet. I bet you get a lot of walk-ins. Like, I'm mm-hmm. just walking. Yeah. What is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. how did this get here? For sure. And yeah. then what about out-of-town visitors? Are you seeing a lot of those, not just from Nebraska? Yeah, so uh, definitely. I mean, it's both Nebraska, I probably more like regional tourists at this point. Um, and, of course, we're working with the city and and different outlets to help advertise and make this a, a true um, open experience for folks that are visiting the the area as well so we do we do know that there's quite a few tourists um, but we envision it probably increasing quite a bit as we continue everything from like you know when college world series is taking place oh like yeah people coming down to you know m- many of the other events that that draw uh, draw tourists to the area did you get a lot of visitors when cws so was here? a little bit you know at that point um we we did definitely have a huge uptick um I think once we have the the upcoming the the Baby Bob Bridge, if you've heard about that, which is the extension that's going to go. So there's the there's the pedestrian right, bridge, which right. is really low for those of you that don't know. It goes over the Missouri River, um, connecting uh, both Omaha and Council Bluffs, and it's really close to the Luminarium, um, and that is wonderful from an accessibility. It's a trail, walking and biking trail. Uh-huh. Um, but what's also nice is they're going to have another one, which is called the Baby Bob, which is going to go over the train tracks, which is just to the west uh-huh. of, and it makes it a little less. Um, it's not right now. It's not quite as accessible, especially. For traffic right it'll come from the actual chi stadium so oh, that's cool yeah, so, wow look yeah. at us omaha yeah, that's yeah, incredible yeah. urban planning and it's great it's and right we're there. using everything that's great yeah. so this is a science center right is correct. that how you would bill it I, we call it a science museum and a discovery center correct okay yeah. and it's for all ages it is very much so we say adult kids uh, zero to, to 100 and plus so. so as i mean were you involved in the planning like, how, how do you plan for something that can have little kids to adults? Like, how do you even plan that? Yeah, yeah, no, excellent question. I mean, covering that kind of that whole lifespan. Yeah. I think it's even more than just age, right? It's also about just people coming from different backgrounds as mm-hmm. well. It's really true, important to true. us. And so part of that, uh, I wasn't a part of that original. I mean, from the very beginning, uh, a focus was knowing that they they and we want to make sure that um, this place is accessible and inclusive of, of all our entire community, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. And being really thoughtful about that. And so uh, part of that went into the design of the building itself, the design of the exhibits, et cetera. So we had a, a, a very robust advisory group um, of made of community leaders that mm-hmm. were very influential, re- representing a several different backgrounds or different types of backgrounds. Um, and also then thinking about it from an age perspective too. What's development? How can you interact with something that maybe it's a seven-year-old or it's a 85-year-old professor, retired right. professor, and they can still have a very robust experience, very different experience maybe. Yeah. Um, but we're definitely an inquiry-based type of um, type of science museum in the sense that you're not going to go there and see – 
all this heavy, heavy scientific jargon on like displays right. next to an exhibit. The idea is that you're really coming and you can uh, you approach it the way you would based on your personal experience and really almost more about what are the types of questions that you're thinking as a result of interacting with this respective exhibit. And so it can be very different. Um, and as a result of that, it makes it really accessible for kids all the way up to adults. Yeah. And we're definitely not as much for the little littles. Sure. But there's still things that you'll be surprised. You can bring in a one-year-old and they'll have a great time. It's just a little bit more probably for school-age kids and above. Oh, yeah. I can see that one-year-old, though, just loving, just booking around the place because kind of it's open oh. and there's so much to see. And you're see. meant to touch everything. Like, there's not a single thing, really, that you're not, I mean, it's meant to be interacted with. So it's a lot of fun. That is the best part because um, I kind of go to museums and I'm often told, ma'am, you need to step back. Mm-hmm. So here I'm like, oh, we can touch it. Yeah, this is absolutely. great. You're meant to do that. Yeah. I love that. So I also just read that you guys are offering field trips. The teachers mm-hmm. must be going bonkers because, come on, I mean, we all went to the same field trips forever, yeah. and I love Jocelyn, and I love the Crick House, and all that stuff, yeah. but a brand new place to take the kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is going to be memorable. It is, and, and you know, we've been putting a lot of um, focus and effort into launching our field trip program, which just started literally as of two weeks ago, and so we've already have, I think we have close to like 75 schools already signed oh up. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, and we'll continue with that. Um, and it's just, I think, you know, the teachers, we want to work with them very closely. We are, we're asking for their input, and, and we, we're aligning all of our those experiences, those field trip experiences with different academic state standards so that they can tie it in with the classroom cool. and offering kind of a medley of options in terms of, um, you know, what they could experience is, a, is a, us really going deep and facilitating a deep experience yeah. with just a couple, maybe one or two exhibits or mm-hmm. more than that. Um, and if it's okay, I'd love to talk a little bit of our Illuminator program kind Please. of is how that um, connects in with all of this. Yes. Yeah, so first of all, tell us what is Illuminator. Yeah, so Illuminator is uh, there. It's actually a youth development program as well as a staffing solution. So they're part-time employees. They are our colleagues. We have about a hundred total employees. Forty are full-time staff, such as myself, and then sixty are Illuminators, and they're age fifteen to eighteen, what we okay. call young adult or um, high school Illuminators, and okay. then they're eighteen to twenty-four, which are high, uh, young adult Illuminators, and they're the ones that are the most forward-facing or public-facing aspect of the organization. They are working the, the welcome desk, uh, the the uh, gift shop. They're facilitating exhibits on the floor. When we go out to the community and do things, they're also facilitating what we call exhibits, which are like portable <laughs> versions of our cool. exhibits. Yeah. Um, but they are, uh, they're doing the, all the exciting, fun work right there, uh, interacting with visitors and the public and, and students, et cetera. And so, but again, part of that is a youth development element. Yeah. So they're also getting kind of wraparound programming services connected to that. Um, and most of, you know, a big part of not only around the accessibility and inclusion is for us is to have a really, really intentionally diverse workforce. Mm-hmm. Um, and that applies full-time staff as well as illuminators. Um, we want folks to know that when they're coming there, they're seeing themselves in the staff as well, right. in the displays, the exhibits that they see, and the content that they experience. Um, and part of that is with our illuminator program, again, since there's such a, the public forward-facing aspect of this, that, um, that uh, again, very talented, diverse workforce and just doing a great job. So like with field trips, they're the ones that are actually facilitating a lot of that, that front-end ah, work okay. uh, when a group comes in. So that's super cool. Now, the, the, the development part of it, that will help them continue on outside of this. Yep getting more jobs, using what they've learned. Exactly. That's really unique. Yeah. So we, and, you know, we'll, we're 
lining them up with additional opportunities down the road, um, helping them foster in, like the interests that they have within the STEM field. Yeah. Um, they don't have to obviously go into STEM necessarily, but of course that's the idea is we're trying to provide those types of experiences and those professional development too, experience wow. as well. That's a bonus. That yeah. doesn't happen yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah for, <laughs> sure. for sure. So there's four galleries, is that right? Correct. Now you gave us a tour of all of them mm-hmm. and we loved everything we saw. Can you tell us a little bit about each gallery? I know there's a lot, but kind yeah. of give us an overview yeah. of each one. Yeah, for sure. So it's roughly an 80,000 square foot facility. It's two different levels. Um, And we have, as you mentioned, four different gallery spaces. The first one is what we call catch waves. And that is more like kind of like what I like to liken it to universal phenomena. So that's like no matter where you're at on the planet, you're Uh going to experience it the same way. Right. Light, motion, heat, things like that. Um, So super exciting type of what we call scientific phenomena. Mm, Okay. Um, And then uh, we move into a second gallery, which is called Dig Deeper. Mm -hmm. And that is a little bit more of the intersection, I would say, of like kind of the the natural world and the built environment. So this is where we get a little bit more localized. Um, It is definitely uh, where you get more of that engineering architecture type um, exhibits and things. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we have everything from a stream table that shows stream dynamics that's literally looking right out in front of the river in front of us, which is fantastic. Uh, if you go upstairs, then we have our third gallery, which is Find Yourself. Yes. And that's kind of a fusion of biological sciences and social science. And so everything from we do, literally we dissect a cow's eyeball. The luminators do that to show about the <laughs> ocular system. Um, all the way to um, uh, things around social science and like around identity and culture and things like that, which is not truly unique to a science center, but n- many science centers don't necessarily incorporate those elements into it. So that's, we feel very fortunate yeah, to have that. That was really cool. Yeah, that was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I personally, that, I mean, my background is in social sciences, so that really kind of resonates with me. Yeah. Um, the fourth gallery then is our Make It Count. Um, okay. And that is around more like geometry, math, uh, and we also have financial literacy in there. So everything about like, and I mean, I say this, like compound interest, whew, sounds a little, you know, yeah, it's like kind of, terrible. yeah, but uh, it, we have really fun exhibits that, um, that can uh, elucidate that type of information and make it really hands-on again and interactive. So, And that has one of our, probably one of our more popular uh, exhibits, which is called our Geometric Climber. So it's all geometry-based, oh, yeah. uh-huh. um, but it's like, it's it's literally a, you know, a climbing exhibit, a facility, uh, or aspect of the facility, and it's fun for adult kids, too. I'm, oh, I'm gonna I tell bet. you, we see a lot of adults in there. Yeah. Oh, we were eyeing it. We'll be back yeah. to climb on yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so out of all those galleries, you mentioned that the climbing one is pretty popular. What else did, does everybody really love? Yeah, that climbing is definitely a popular one. Um, you know, there's so many in it. And what's fun about it, I think, is that you can come and have such a different experience from one to the next, depending on what you're interested in, depending maybe on the group that you're coming with, if you are coming with a group, um, if it's kids, if it's uh, other, you know, partners, family members. Um, but we have so many. And it, that's what I think is fun is that it really can, so many different exhibits can resonate with one person oh, more yeah. than the others. Um, but we ha- definitely have some popular ones. I mentioned that stream table one. It's all about like literally moving kind of this, this sand to, you can create dams, you can create stream channels, all this in this running massive table um, that has water running through it. So again, simulating kind of a river system. Mm-hmm. That's super popular with the kiddos um, and adults. Um, we have everything from, you may have remembered, we have one that's um, about kind of sound and um, where literally you're walking across this long bed of rocks, mm-hmm. kind of fake rocks, and it kind of measures how loud you're being when you're walking. So people are trying to kind of go as light as they can. Oh. 
Uh-huh. And um, and there's some ways to access that too if you if uh, mobility is a little bit if an individual has mobility challenges. Um, but that's a popular one. But there's so many. It's so fun. We have over 135 uh, different exhibits that people can explore. Wow. Now, will you have any touring exhibits come through? Yeah. Good question. So we do. Those are the four main galleries. We also have what we call our flex space, and we're going to be opening that soon. Um, unfortunately, I'm not at liberty yet to quite disclose. So hey, a little mystery there. You okay. have to come check it out. Um, but we will be doing that very soon. Um, and it's more of like kind of that traveling concept, a little bit more of a faster turnaround in terms of those exhibits and things. Sure. And our first one's going to be really uh, thought-provoking and really foster some fun discussions around kind of intersection of some topics with science. Ooh, exciting. Yeah, that'll be fun. Want, Well, that'll be this it's probably, year, next yeah, year? Yeah, probably toward, I would say t- towards like probably Q1 or Q2 of next year. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So let's go back really quick to the field trips. Um I, I just want you to be uh, to share with the teachers because I know they're listening. Um, how do they go about signing up for a field yeah. trip? And then how much of the day is it like a whole day, half day? Yeah, good question. So first of all, I want to give a shout out to those teachers that are listening. I'm married to a teacher, and I right. appreciate and respect <laughs> so much of the work that you do. Um, and thank you for partnering with us at the Luminarium. So. In terms of field trips, the first thing they can do, we definitely have information on our website, and we're going to continue to build that out. Um, but if people ever want to email uh, fieldtrips okay. at kiewitluminarium.org, and that's fieldtrips with an S, okay. at okay. uh, they can. We, we have a gentleman by the name of Dan Sitzman. He's a long-term, long-tenured uh, uh, former teacher of OPS, science teacher, and he leads that program up for us. And we can really tailor – there's definitely some packages that we offer in terms of what this could look like. I mentioned some that go deep into maybe a couple different exhibits or more of a medley of exhibits, mm-hmm. um, which standards we're tying those into, um, how long those. It could be an hour and a half up to three hours. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of versatility with that. Okay. Um, but we have, you know, really nice spacing in terms of we have what we call a field trip room, literally a field trip room. It's kind of like for to get accustomed and get kind of situated before going out onto the exhibit floor. So ah. there's just a lot of thought that went into field trips. And we, we do that on right now, but uh, on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Okay. Um, and that can be literally from nine in the morning until I think three o'clock in the afternoon. So wow! For, and that's mostly for K twelve right now. K twelve. Okay. Um, however, we will be working um, in that after school um, as well as summer um, oh, pro um, summer space um, once we get to those. So there'll be after school programming. So it, we're going to be supporting after school. So like um, we know it's tough for after school programmer um, programs to actually get to the luminarium given the tight yeah. time frame, right? But true. In terms of if they ever want to do some things on the weekends, or a lot of them are doing summer programming, that's where we'll tie in and make sure we're providing opportunities for those folks as well. Wow! Very and good. as a matter of fact, we're actually having which is kind of exciting. We're working with a nonprofit um, and partnering is a massive part of our organization. It's really intentional around that. We're partnering with another nonprofit called Collective for Youth where we're going to be bringing in about 1,000 plus um, after school um, uh, program participants um, from about 40 different OPS sites. Wow. Um, and we're, we're closing down the facility and they're going to come in and check it out for a couple hours. Um, oh my gosh. Here in a couple weeks here. Yeah. Ooh, that's a lot. Yeah, but it's, it's going to be fun. fun. Yeah, gonna... It's gonna be, it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great time and we're really excited for um, just to, again, provide uh, opportunities for um, all types of families to come in and experience the experience the luminarium. I love this, and again, I just have to believe that teachers are like a new place. Mm-hmm. Yay! Yeah, <laughs> but see, but please, yeah, the teachers, anyone that's out there, please uh, reach out via that email, or or you can obviously call our main number. Um, and uh, uh, we we would love to be to work with you. Absolutely, and just again, teachers, field trips at kiwitluminarium.org. Correct. So when you were walking us around. I maybe freaked out just a little, but I was like, wait, is that Adam? Is that Flora? Is that Bart? I kept seeing pictures of mm-hmm. people that I yeah. know. And that was the coolest thing ever. How did that come yeah. about, including local folks? Yeah, I appreciate you asking about that, too. So 
kind of as I alluded to earlier, um, there was a lot of intentionality that went into fully engaging our community to have input in terms of developing these exhibits and developing the displays and things that we have. And as part of that, too, is also um, we feel very fortunate to represent not only just the Omaha Council Bluff Metro, but the Nebraska um, and, and, you know, of course, Western Central Iowa as well. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there was a lot that went into making sure, again, that was really important to us that we're featuring local folks, local regional folks um, that um, reflect our entire community. And so um, thankfully, a lot of people were willing to be a part of these exhibits um, and uh, be featured. And um, there was just a lot of thought and recruitment that went into that. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, it's been, I think, well received in that respect. And we have intentions of continuing to do that with the um, with the stories and the people that we share um, that are willing to to be featured in in a lot of these exhibits. That is awesome. I I mean, that just I mean, where else are you going to see that? That just was like so I just loved it. Yeah, I I appreciate you noting that. And that's, you know, my role is specifically in community engagement and partnerships. And so hearing that and knowing that a lot of people have appreciated like seeing family, friends, community members, um, yeah, you know, that's and knowing super that cool. this is very relevant, um, that this isn't just stock imagery type of thing. Right. So, yeah. yeah, it makes it more personal almost. Yeah, for you know? sure, of course. So f- besides kiddos, you guys have an adult night Thursday nights. Yeah. Tell us about that. So adult night is fun. We call it night light. And night it light. is, so it's from 7 to 10 p.m. on Thursday nights, every Thursday. And uh, it is only open to adults over okay. the age of 18. Okay. Um, and we have, it's just, it, you know, it's still the same exhibits, the same offerings. Uh, we will have additional programming and different elements, which I can talk about. Um, but really, it provides adults to kind of, sometimes there's something about when the kids aren't around, right? And right. you can explore this. Our whole facility is about exploring and being curious. And it's really fun to see adults have a good time with that and yeah. kind of like, like, oh, I can, you know, I can kind of interact with this. I don't have to just allow my children to do it or, or my nieces and nephews or some of the youth mitt that you may be there with. Um, and so that's a lot of fun. And we'll have, you know, they're both uh, drinks, uh, non-alcoholic and alcoholic on the floor. Uh, we have usually DJs there playing some music. Mm. A lot of times we'll have um, like very like uh, kind of th- different thematic elements to it. Just last night, as a matter of fact, it was all about, uh, it was called Bug Life. And so we had um, different nonprofits coming in and we had a panel uh, where they were talking about insects. We also huh. had, a, uh, we had even, even like, crickets that you could like uh that you could eat eat. yes um so different experiences um and you know a lot of then like uh, things that go on in our maker space which is also a really cool aspect of our um center is where it's it's kind of a tinkering lab you can tinker with all these different things and they're doing some things around bugs with that and you know in the future we're 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 gonna have some other um uh pretty consistently with different themes and stuff that we'll run on those evenings that is super cool that's yeah. right i heard that trey dj okay, wasn't yeah. he making music out of plants exactly i appreciate you mentioning that yeah so it was not only bugs but it was plants and i i wasn't i i candidly i wasn't there so i didn't get to see it um but yeah so somehow they tie that in and the concept is yeah kind of working with plants to create that music that so, is so cool. yeah so just really getting creative again it's a very innovative space and we encourage it's not just us as a as a team in terms of what we're offering but the folks that come into the space yeah. and adding to that kind of innovative lab kind of uh, experience so are there always panels on adult nights or just depending just, just depending kinda... yeah so it's not necessarily it's a good question um, it could totally look different from one night to the next um, but just it happened to be the other night that we had a panel specifically and it's from 7 to 10 oh it's even over at a decent time yeah you can get home oh my yeah. gosh I love this says yeah. the old lady that is so awesome yeah. yeah so you mentioned the maker's lab and I had forgotten that yeah. but that was a really cool space so what goes on there 
there. Yeah, so it's a, a really fun space. We have everything from like 3D printers to different, you know, different uh, um, equipment and mechanisms in there to just really be creative and innovative. And like, it's a maker space. So you make things, tinker with things. Mm-hmm. And so we have that again, we, we program that. We have some wonderful staff and our illuminators help facilitate that. Okay. And so people can, when visitors and members come in, they can um, they can interact with these. And, and the idea is not only to have a lot of times like individual projects that you can work on, mm-hmm. um, but you can also be a part of a kind of a group collective project too that sure. they're working on. So, um, and they change that over every few weeks. Uh, we've been really fortunate to work with Metro Community College, ah, uh, which is an right. excellent institution and university. Uh, community college that um, that has been helping us program a lot of that um, as well. So are there classes or workshops that you offer that we, people can sign up for? Yeah, good question. Yeah, so we will be offering those shortly. Um, okay. It's some that we're kind of finalizing right now with uh, with MCC, Metro Community College, um, here to hopefully start doing that probably the beginning of 2004 Ooh, or 2024. Cool. And it, would that be for all ages? or? Yeah. And we would be, yes. The idea is to have kind of a spectrum when it comes to that. Certain projects maybe a, a kind of fine-tune a little bit in, or like kind of align a little bit more with certain age groups, but the idea is to usually make that pretty openly available to everyone. So another question for you. I noticed that you had a couple of really nice conference rooms. Yeah. So are those available to nonprofits yeah. or are they just for whoever needs them or how do you use them? Yeah, no, good question on that too. So um, the with right now we have a couple different spaces. We have that field troop room that I mentioned. We have mm-hmm. a thing called the river room, which is beautiful um, that you'd look overlook the river. Um, and so as of right now, we're, we're actually with field trips. We use those pretty consistently. Okay. However, into 2024, um, we're working on uh, coming with a policy where hopefully we can make those available to both for-profit but also non-profits to, to rent those spaces out. Cool. And um, again, we want to be a fo- like a community space. Um, candidly, though, we're still a startup. You know, it's, it, we're only five months old. Still, and so nuts. we're still kind of figuring out <laughs> yeah. some of our like kind of the procedures, policies, guidelines and things like that. So that's why that's not in place quite yet. Got it. Oh, yeah. I've been eyeing that river room. Yeah. I was like, we need to have some parties there. Yeah. So let's talk really quick about STEM. So this really revolves around STEM. Mm-hmm. And when I was a kid, STEM didn't exist. I mean, it did, but it wasn't called a thing. Yeah. So why is this so like in the forefront of everything now? And why do we want our kids to know about STEM? Yeah. So, I mean, the reality is STEM can touch so many different things. And for those that may not be familiar with that term, meaning science, technology, engineering, and math, um, standing for STEM. And a lot of times we'll also use the word STEAM mm-hmm. with an A added in there right. regarding arts. Um, and that is important to us as well, just because we're, we very much um, see the intersection of science and art as part of what we do as sure. well. Um, but no, STEM's important. We just know that like from engineering to, we were talking earlier about coding to, mm-hmm. it's really can be such a foundation to so many different um, different professions, different opportunities. Um, and knowing that um, it, you know, it's also as the world that the more modernized world that we're becoming, that those those fields are really critical. Right. And so we want to make sure that um, that again that that uh, that youth adults have these types of experiences to either foster interest in STEM mm-hmm. or to ideally even um, hopefully inspire careers in STEM. Yeah. Um, and really, it's important to us. And I think you've heard me talk a little bit, quite a bit about accessibility today. But really knowing that there have historically a lot of folks have been excluded from STEM spaces or, yes. or and are definitely still under represented. And so we want to be really, really thoughtful about providing exposure and experiences that folks can then run and um, and continue to explore and um, hopefully, again, you know, uh, pursue a profession in STEM. 
Right. I love how much intention and how much thought has been put into this place. And I really sincerely hope that this is the future of how everybody starts thinking, because that would be everybody needs to be included. And I just love that you all have taken this time to do that. So that's incredible. Now, I just remember, too, you guys have a good smelling restaurant. Mm -hmm, Oh, it smelled so good. Garlicky that day. And it's called the Fig? Fig Cafe. So it kind of stands, you know, it's a little bit of play on words. It's F-I-G dot. So like when you think of a figure maybe in like ah, a scientific journal, okay. but also fig as in the is in the uh, the edible. So um, yeah, it's a they're a partner organization, completely separate entity. You know, we have our nonprofit uh, mm-hmm. organization, but they are uh, a for-profit uh, uh, cafe or restaurant. Fantastic food. They're oh. for those from the Omaha Council Bluffs area. They're it's the same owners as Lola's. Oh yes, um, over at Film Streams, and just it's excellent food. It's one of the few places that you can sit outdoors to on the river yeah, um, and, you're right. and overlook it, overlook the river. So that's really a nice benefit. And if I remember, isn't it all glass? So if it it's is. rainy, you could still you sit, sit there and yeah. look at the river. I absolutely enjoy it as well. So, yeah. yeah. Ooh, I got to try that out because yeah. I love Lola's cardamom buns. Yeah, so yeah, I got to get yummy. there. It's super yummy. So we've only got a few minutes left. Is there anything we didn't cover that we need to mention? Yeah. I, you know, the one thing I was going to mention, again, back to kind of the accessibility inclusion piece of this is, you know, from a financial access perspective, mm-hmm. right? And so we, we are a fee-based uh, organization. It does cost money to, to, have it, to buy a ticket and come in. However, we know that financial barriers create uh, inaccessibility. Right. And so um, part of that, what our model is, so we do have your typical membership model. So okay. like where people can come in and you can get a family membership, a grandparent membership, things like that. Mm-hmm. We also have what's called an access membership, which is more than half off. Mm. And that allows, and people don't have to submit any kind of criteria or any kind of qualifications to, to if it's the right fit for you or your mm-hmm. respective dynamic or family, you can choose that. You can just go online and get that membership. We also, on top of that, we we work very closely with our partner organizations, other nonprofits, mm-hmm. um, to provide uh, free family memberships uh, to their constituent families, especially families that we know that maybe find it challenging to afford um, a membership or access is also ones that typically families that may be underrepresented in, again, STEM spaces and being really thoughtful about that. Wow, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. I love this. So uh, what is the cost of admittance? Yeah, so it's going it, to, there's a couple different things. So okay. it's, for just a straight up uh, ticket, it's going to be 25 bucks okay. um, for an adult and, mm-hmm. and 20 bucks for a kid. Okay. Um, but again, you know, we, we're really about, even though we know those, those levels can be sometimes um, out of reach for folks, if anyone ever found that it wasn't uh, doable for them, they can contact us at, at the Luminarium and we'll make things work wow. for, yeah, for people to, 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 yeah, to make sure that everyone has the opportunity to come in. Awesome. What are your hours of operations? Yeah, so we are 11 a.m. to uh, 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Thursday, Friday. We're okay. closed on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And then on the weekends, we're open 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Awesome. Now, those hours may shift a little bit down the road, depending on things. Again, we're learning, sure. right? We're a new, right. new facility. Um, but that's that. those are our hours as of right now. Okay. And the address. I mean, I know it's on the riverfront, yeah, but yeah. what's the yeah. actual address? It's 345 mm-hmm. Riverfront Drive. And that's here in Omaha. Riverfront Drive. Yeah. And how about a good website? Yep. It's kiewitluminarium.org. And that's K-I-E-W-I-T. Luminarium, L-U-M-I-N-A-R-I-U-M dot org. <laughs> All right. Oof. Did I do that? I, I know, think I got right? that. We may have Me to do, a, we have to do like, a check on that one. Right. How do you spell this? KeywitLuminarium.org. So, Chris, thank you for coming yeah, in. Thank you for having me. If you haven't been to the Keywit Luminarium, it really is. It's going to be a destination spot, I think. Yeah. I, re- I mean, it already is, I think. Yeah, so I hope so. Get down there. Check it out. Take your family. Have fun. And if you need more uh, information again, it's KeywitLuminarium.org. Chris, thank you so much and for coming in today. Thank you for having us. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, Ryan. 
You've been listening to Community Conversations on Radio Talking Book. It's the interview program that brings you voices from the Omaha community. The Radio Talking Book Network is brought to you with the cooperation of KIOS-FM in Omaha and statewide through the facilities of NET Radio and Television. We've been proudly serving our blind and visually impaired listeners for 46 years. Thank you for being a loyal Radio Talking Book listener and supporter.